Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. All right, everyone, we are back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Today, we are joined by the author of The Most Unlikely Leader from GED to CEO, Roger Smith. Roger, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for having me on your show. Appreciate oh, boy, it. It's my pleasure. And I, I say this a lot to my listeners that, uh, you know, they're so blessed and lucky because they get to hear these amazing stories. And today's going to be no different. Roger uh, has an amazing story, folks. And you're going to be, you know, you're going to be left leaving, wanting to be a better person. He's going to shed some light about his life that I know is going to help you, especially if you're struggling yourself. And so a little background on Roger. Um, he's an American author, a former CEO of American Income Life Insurance, National Income Life Insurance, and Liberty National Life Insurance Companies. Uh, his journey through life is one that truly embodies the fact that no matter how low you are in life, you can always turn things around and become anything you set your mind to. And that, I don't, we don't say that lightly. He truly has. He's he's hit rock bottom more, more than you can count. <laughs> <laughs> You know, from from being homeless, a drug addict, to to an early divorce, living on the streets, and uh, struggling as a kid. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I can't wait to get into all of that. But why don't we start, Roger, with the question, tell us about your childhood and where you grew up. So I grew up uh, in New York City okay. uh, until the time I was eight years old. <clears throat> and back then... Uh, you know, if your family went bankrupt, they would move as far west as they could go. Okay. And in this case, we went from Manhattan to Malibu. But <laughs> at that time, Malibu was just, you know, it was a bunch of apartment beach shacks, you know, very yeah. few uh, nice homes. And we must have lived in like 11 different uh, apartments back there. So, you know, my childhood, it's interesting because I tell people, up until the age of 14, I was like, I was a pretty good kid. You know, yeah. I wasn't like an A student or A's right. and B's, but I was a good kid. I was the star of the the junior high musical. You know, I was <laughs> in the chess club, and the woodworking club. Yeah. That summer, uh, and, and when I was 14, um, I don't know, a, a switch flipped. 
and uh, the hippie era was just starting. And uh, I I went in search of my tribe. You know, I just yeah. went completely rebellious. And and then by the time I was 15, uh, as you said, I was a drug addict. I was homeless and a high school dropout. So, you yeah. know, it was a pretty drastic move from, you know, from one year to the next year and how, how you know, drastically it declined in that yeah. time. Yeah. It's amazing how fast things can change for the good and for the bad. It does seem like bad seems to happen faster for whatever it reason. It sure does. Right? It sure does. <laughs> so how, how were you as a kid? Were you, I mean, were you just kind of an adventurous type kid? Were you, were you confident or were you the kind of kid that kind of isolated and stayed behind the scenes? No, I think I was a, a pretty independent kid. Uh, my biological dad went to jail when I was like three years old. And, you know, my mom's working mom. So um, I was a pretty independent kid. I, you know, I think back in New York City um, where I ended up, I used to, I, at one point I lived on the east side. Uh, I was going to school on the east side, but we had moved to the west side. Okay. And I'd walk across Central Park with my trombone, you know, and and literally was mugged, you know, three times a year. It, easy, you know, try my trombone stolen, the whole thing. But I was an independent kid. I was, you know, walking dogs, uh, you know, yeah. just uh, stealing my brother's comic books and going into Central Park and selling them. So, you know, <laughs> it seems like when I look back and it seems like I was always trying to hustle for a buck and, and moving around, you know, very independently. Today, you look back and go, hell no, no way I'd let my kid do that. Right. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it, it just was in a different time. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a part of, you know, part of me growing up. Yeah. Did your, did your family know that you were, you know, like you said, how things turned so quickly within that one year, did they notice right off the bat that you were going through some tough times or, or were you almost even like they didn't even pay attention to that, but it was that part of the struggle because you didn't have that guidance. Well, um, I sure didn't have the discipline. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I mean, they knew what was happening. They could see what was happening, but there really wasn't anything Todd they could do about it. I mean, yeah. at that point, I'd swung out. No, nope, nobody could say anything to me. Yeah. You know, I was on my own. I was going to do it on my own, um, and 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 that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter how much you know, it's an interest interesting thing. I don't know if I. Told, I told the story in the book, but when I was like 15 or 16, my mom had my biological dad come out and talk to me oh. because I was getting in trouble. I was getting arrested, all that. Yeah. And, and he came out and he said, you know, Roger, listen, you know, some kids are made for college and some aren't. And, you know, your brother and your sister, they're very intelligent. They, they're, they're made for college. But maybe you should look at a trade school or something. Yeah. And you sit there and you think, you know, I look back at that and go, you know, this guy had no influence me, you know, influence on me in my life, except for those words that 
you know, I was already on such a spiral down. Yeah. And then just to compound it with a bunch of self-doubt, yeah. you know, it was just like, ugh, it just went to the extreme. Yeah, it's almost like he was reinforcing that you're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't do this. So let's let's take the lower road and just try to see if you can survive over here kind of thing. Right. Wow. Yeah, so, I know. I know. It's it's, it's crazy because you would think, why would I have, if I didn't have anything to do with them yeah. and no emotional ties or anything, why would I, why would that mean something to me? But, yeah. you know, it does. It gets in. It does. It does. And it's amazing how we can buy into these limiting beliefs that hold us back. And obviously you were cultivating some of these negative beliefs, just again, being on the streets and doing that kind of thing. Talk yeah. about how, as you moved in, you know, as you moved down in life, I mean, you dropped out of high school. Is that correct? Yeah. Once you dropped out, kind of just take us from there. Like you drop out of high school and talk about where that led and, and kind of maybe, you know, talk about a few of these rock bottoms and then what was the catalyst that kind of pulled you out of this? So, um, wow. Okay. So there was, as, you, as you say, it was, I mean, there was, there was a lot of rock bottoms, you know, when, when, when you don't have an education, um, you know, everything kind of just looks pretty bleak out there. Yeah. You know, it's not like, I was, like I said, I was homeless, a drug addict and, um, and a dropout. So it's just like the prospects for a bright future really don't, they, you know, they all look very bright and you really yeah. don't think that you have, um, that much of a future. So for the next three or four years, uh, I, like I said, I was on the streets, I'd get odd jobs, um, uh, uh, I had a, a one thing when I was like 16, my best friend and I were walking down the street uh, in Santa Monica. He uh, picks up a trash can, breaks the window of a pawn shop oh, and uh, oh. grabs some watches. We start running. The pawn shop owner was there, uh, told us to stop. He shot, uh, killed my friend right there. Oh, wow. And and I kept running. And, you know, you, you would think that that those type of events in your life would be your bottoms. Yeah, right. But but they weren't. It was just like, OK, that happened. Didn't happen to me. And, you know, just keep on going, keep on surviving, because at that point, you know, that's really what life is about is just is just surviving in it. Yeah. And, that, and maybe uh, that's what, why it clouded you from maybe feeling the, the loss of your friend. I mean, that's very traumatic, obviously, but yet your mindset was like, I just got to survive on these streets. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we can look back on it and go, well, why didn't, why didn't that wake you up? I mean, that's, that's pretty serious, obviously, but I think you, you said it well that you were just in survival mode and what were you going to do for your next meal and where were you going to sleep that night kind of thing? Right. And where was I going to get my next high? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's all, it's all in there. Um, my, my mother remarried. Uh, this is my third stepfather. And he was actually, he had started in the insurance business um, about nine months before he came to me. And he said, Hey, Roger, would you like to, you know, I'd like to bring you in and teach you how to sell. 
Yeah. And and I was thinking, man, you know, I can't I can't even take care of myself, you know, but it's not like I had a bunch of options in front of me. Right. Right. <laughs> so so right. I ended up um, I ended up and started selling. And and I tell everybody that, you know, every whether it was sales, whether it was leadership, whether it was a CEO, these were all learned behaviors. It's right. not like I was a natural born salesperson or a natural born leader. In fact, when I started sales, you know, they say you give your presentation and then you get to this closing line. And when you're ready to close, you give your closing line and then you shut up, you know, <laughs> and that the first yeah. person who speaks, they're the ones who are going to buy. Right. Yeah. So I would shut up and the back of my neck would start to shake. And right. I literally thought that people thought that I was having some type of seizure. I mean, it was so bad. Really? I was so scared that <laughs> it was just, it was insane. But, um, but I also understood at that point that, that if it was easy, everybody would have it. Yeah. And in my case, nothing was going to be easy. It was going to be hard. And if it was going to be hard, then I better put in the work ethic and everything that it was going to take to overcome all the obstacles that I had in front of me. My problem was that I was a functioning addict and, yeah. and I was a functioning addict for 20 years. So, you know, I wish that along the way, I wish yeah. I could have hit bottoms earlier and right. then went, oh, okay. But, but I didn't get it. And I didn't get it for, for, like I said, many, many years. And even though I was very successful, I was the number one salesperson. I was yeah. running my own insurance agency. Even though I was very successful, none of it was the same, was sustainable. Yeah. And I would build and I would destroy and I would build yeah. and I would destroy and I would build and I would destroy. Wow. And that was the story of my life for many, many years. Yeah, you know, you say an interesting point. I think our listeners, I want to, I want to make clear, like, addicts are some of the toughest, strongest people on the planet. I mean, think about the the effort and the the things that we go through. Hey, hello. Can you hear me? I got you. Okay, go ahead. Oh yeah. Um, so addicts are some of the toughest people on the planet. You know, the the efforts they go into to getting their high, like you said, surviving. You, all, you know, what you did is you took that same almost work ethic, so to speak, and you put it into sales. And that's why you were so good. But at the same time, you're building, destroying, building, destroying. I mean, yeah. the, eff the effort it took to do all of that over and over again. I mean, with, you know, believe it or not, I mean, you were training yourself to do really hard things. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> interesting. The way you say it, I don't know if I've ever looked at it, but I do know that there, you're right. There's a, an extreme amount of energy that goes into being an addict, yeah. negative energy. You're right. When you, when you get sober, when you get clean, if you could take that same energy and just move it in a positive force, yeah. I mean, it is absolutely incredible what you can achieve. Yeah. Because it's the same amount. It's just one's going in one direction and one's going in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you said you were doing this for 20 years. 
what what was the final why did you end up stopping and what got you to where you're like i'm done doing drugs i'm done doing my life that way tell us about that yeah well um my bottom was well first of all about a year earlier i had started doing crack cocaine and you know and that's cocaine on steroids and i'm sure you've heard the story over and over again of how that brings people to their knees but um, in this case, uh, I remember I was uh, I was in a little cottage in Malibu, and I'm on all fours, and I'm just sifting through the carpet looking for some little sliver of crack wow. cocaine that I might have dropped for hours and hours and hours, and I and I I just thought you know I'd been on this roller coaster up down up down up down the real picture of what I saw, the real picture of me that I saw that nobody else could see was somebody who was homeless and a drug addict and just on the streets and in jail or something. And I just thought if this is what my life's going to be about, if if this is it, I I don't want it. I don't, I can't change it. I don't want it. And, and I literally started to walk, you know, into the ocean. Really? And um, and and the only thing I can say is I was blessed. I you know, I didn't keep walking in. Um, I wanted to live, and I just didn't want to live the way I'd been living. Yeah, right. And and I ended up going into rehab the next day. You know, and back then there weren't a lot of rehabs. Yeah, you know it's not like today with it. Yeah, they're everywhere now. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere, right? This was I was in <laughs> California. There wasn't a whole lot. In fact, I ended up taking a plane up in the Northern California mm. and uh, and going to this rehab. And you know, it really um, that was the start of of uh, the change of my life, where now I could actually work and 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 grow and sustain and, and, and achieve success. And it was so huge. I, uh, I tell the story about when I got out of rehab, yeah. I, I realized that I had so many years of addictive habits that I was afraid that anything I was doing was a habit that would lead me back into relapsing or something. Right. So I, I ended up doing like, everything different. You know, if I put my right shoe on first, I was going to put my left shoe on first. If I brush <laughs> my teeth, my right, I'm going to do it with my left hand. I mean, the sl- the simplest of things I wanted to change because I never wanted to go back there again. I, I never wanted to be that person ever, ever again. Wow. And, uh, and, and fortunately, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't, but it definitely meant changing habits, changing the way you think about things, you know, all of that. Yeah. Kind of like you have that mindset of all or nothing. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be clean, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if it means putting on my shoes differently. Right. Um, I love that. And, you know, I like to call that um, in it to win it. Um, you were in it to win it. You were like, okay, if I'm really going to do this, I will do whatever it takes. So again, going back to that same mentality, when you're surviving on the streets, you did whatever it took to survive. Then you have a change of mind because you go to rehab. 
you start seeing things differently, you want to change your life. And then you flip it over to this side, the positive side and say, you know what, whatever I need to do. So that really stood out to me. That really hit me hard when you were saying that. Yeah. You know, the other thing is that it, it's funny. I've always had this philosophy um, where, you know, we we hit, well, first of all, we're told when we're young, you know, don't ever burn the bridges behind you. Yeah. Right. And And my philosophy has been, you know, burn every bridge that you have. And I, and I don't mean this like, yeah. you know, relationships, unless you right. want to burn that. But right. but what I really mean is that in our lives, we hit these obstacles that, that we believe are so insurmountable and in a plan B or an escape hatch. Yeah. And we think, well, right. you know what, if this doesn't work, then I'll do this. And, and that temptation becomes so great. It really is amazing dreams because so easily because of this and and what i did is i said okay listen i i'm never going backward i am only going forward i'm only going to put one foot in front of the other i've burned those bridges behind me there's yeah. no place else to go i can only go forward and you know what you'd be amazed Todd, that that how through perseverance and and how creative you get when you start hitting those, you know, you get around it, you get through it, you go over it. And years later, you look back at it and go, okay, this is, this was just a bump in the road. Yeah. You know, yeah. more bumps to come. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's an amazing story, you know, and then, you know, from that point, you know, you get yourself clean, you're all into doing that. I mean, you've been very successful at your businesses. And yeah. like like we said in the beginning, the, the subtitle of your book is From GED to CEO. Talk about that. Talk about how you you took all these life lessons and you shifted it into being such a successful businessman. And, you know, maybe share some light with that with all of us. Well, you know, I go back to that thing. If it was easy, everybody would have it. So you have to <laughs> learn this behavior, right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. I, there were often times when I would be in a boardroom and they'd be going over financial meetings. And I literally felt like a fifth grader, you know, in class who doesn't know how to read. You know, it was yeah. what, what came so naturally for all these people that came out of finance. For me, you know, it would take me days to understand what I needed to understand to be able, you know, to do the job that I did. But yeah. but I was willing to do that necessary work to go on. I got to tell you that I, I'm a big, big, big believer in the power of multiple mentors. Mm. I have I have had three major, major mentors in my life that if I hadn't had them, I, I don't know where I would be. You know, mm -hmm. my, my stepfather was the one who taught me sales and taught me about, you know, running a sales office and so on. And so he was my first mentor. My second mentor was the founder of the company. And, and okay. he taught us about community and putting back into the community and really uh, patience and, and looking for the best in people. But my third mentor um, who was the CEO of the holding company, he taught me a couple of things that I wish I had had earlier on in my life. 
And one thing he said to me is, you know, Roger, nothing's as good as it seems and nothing's as bad as it seems. Yeah. And I was used to riding the highs yeah. and then I go into the lows and these peaks and valleys. And that's kind of how I went throughout my life. Yeah. And, and once I understood that, that listen, you may be on one of the, the mountaintops, but it's not going to be for long. An obstacle is going to come. You're going to get knocked off. And the good news is that, that when you're in your lows, this too shall pass also. You know, It's not yeah. like you're going to stay in there. You'll yeah. move your way up. And, and once I learned that, then it wasn't like, oh, these big highs and these big lows. You know, It was just, okay, just keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, he talked about how, you know, in leadership to to respond and not to react. You know, I was the type of leader. I was always putting out fires. I was yelling. I was, doing, you know, I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't have followed me in the beginning of my leadership experience. <laughs> right. There's there's a book. There's a book uh, John Maxwell wrote called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And when I read that book, I realized, man, I've broken every one of those laws. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. man, you know, <laughs> but, but you learn and, and, and hopefully you have mentors in your life. You have people in your life that have experienced yeah. uh, life and experienced business and, and, and that they're willing to, you know, give you that knowledge so, but I do say it's, it's your responsibility to find those people, yeah. you know, it's not their responsibility to find you. Yeah. I, that, I could, so that I, was, that was really big in my life. Yeah. You know, Roger, that I couldn't agree more. I've had mentors in my life that have shaped me. I always say it like this. We're always, you know, and I think this is from like Tony Robbins where we're standing on shoulders of giants. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm at. I, I, I had a mentor early on when I was getting clean and sober that had, had he not been there for me, I, who knows, I might not even be talking to you today even. And so I couldn't agree more. And anyone listening to this, if you're looking to, to improve your life, you know, like, like Roger just said, have, have these powerful multiple mentors in your life that can help guide you, who will hold you accountable, that will push you to be your very best self. And so, yeah, very well said, Roger. I appreciate you yeah. sharing that portion of your life. For sure. Yeah. So what, so here you are now, you're, you're, you're living an amazing life and you're doing a lot of good things. What, what is your plans to, to move forward? Do you have future plans? Like if you got some big things that you could share with us, or is it just like, Hey, I'm going to keep my businesses going. I've written a book. I might write another book. I mean, what are, what are your plans? Well, the great question, Todd, <laughs> and it's something that I'm trying to figure out. Okay. You know, I I retired, I retired five years ago, and and that was a huge transition for me, huge because yeah. I, I really hadn't understood about balance. You know, everything was wrapped up in me being the CEO, yeah. and and I really didn't have a balanced life. So that when I retired. If I if my being was the CEO and now I was no longer the CEO, what am I? Yeah. And and it was a shocker. It was a shocker. Yeah. And and it definitely took transitioning. I, I literally had a pie chart, you know, spiritual, family, social, you know, and and uh, philanthropy and, and had to say, OK, how am I going to fill that part up in my life now? 
You know, how do yeah. I do this? I, I tell this funny little story that, you know, I was used to giving a lot of speeches. I get a lot of applause and, yeah. uh, and I was used to that. So, you know, when I retired, I said, okay, well, how do I satisfy community, but, you know, still get applause? You know? So yeah. I ended up joining a community theater and started acting. Really? So, yeah, I did. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, it's a punchline in there, but uh, okay, now I can at least still get applause and get yeah. that ego part stroke. <laughs> um, but, but then it was my mission to write the book. And, yeah. and that was important to me because I just, uh, I think there's a lot of people that for whatever reason are stuck in their lives that feel that the, the, the you know the deck is stacked against them they just don't have a chance of really 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 finding that success and I wanted to let people know that hey listen I'm the epitome of what right. shouldn't happen you know and 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 being able to achieve it yeah and if this book could inspire you and motivate you and let you understand that that don't worry about whatever it was in the past to start yeah. moving forward in the future. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that was that. And, and now, you know, with the podcast and everything, that's kind of keeping me busy, Yeah. but I'm not sure what that next chapter yeah. is. Yeah. I am. I am in the process of trying to figure that out. And when I do know, I'll let you know. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I know you've been very successful and, People might say, well, you've earned your retirement and, you know, go just enjoy that. But, but I get that you're also a guy that likes to do things and help people. And Correct. Uh, so I get why you're trying to still figure those things out and, and, and dial yeah. those in. Um, yeah. Looking back on your life, Roger, and this is a big question. I know what's one of the biggest life lessons that stand out to you. I know there's many, but is there yeah. one is there one life lesson or two life lessons that really stand out to you through this whole process that you've been through? Um, I would I, I think that the the obstacle part, you know, the one about burning your bridges is is yeah. for me is is just huge because um, we just we just give ourselves too many opportunities not to achieve our dreams. Yeah. I also think that, that if we can understand and just kind of look at what we perceive as failure in a, in a different type of perspective. And what happens when we think of failure, um, we, we stop making decisions, you know, yeah. because we're so afraid we're going to make the wrong decision and then that's going to be failure and how we're going to be looked upon. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I look at failure as, okay, look, this is just me finding out, learning how to move ahead in a more productive fashion. If I learn from it, I'm just, you know, as Maxwell said, uh, uh, failing forward. But I also think that if you if you just if you look at that and say, listen, if I make a mistake, if I made the wrong decision, it doesn't mean you're married to it. Yeah. It just means you made the wrong decision. And if you made the wrong decision, then then change it. Right. Make a new one. You know, listen, 
um, I often had people, you know, it, when I was leading people and they go, well, wait, you changed your mind on that. You said this. <laughs> and I said, yeah. well, yeah, I said this based on these certain facts, this data. Yeah. But now I'm getting new data. And that new data means that I have to change that decision because that decision is not the right one. And I think that if we could just look at our lives and, and, and not be fearful of that failure, not be fearful of making a wrong decision and just move forward on it, make a new decision. And hopefully that one will be the correct one yeah. and just move forward on it years later. As I said, you look back, back and go now the And you won't be of moving on. Yeah, no, I love that. Very well said. I appreciate you sharing that. A um, couple other things I wanted to bring up. You know, you've been very successful at business, and a lot of you've had a lot of you know great things happen. Is there one one award or one triumph that stands out the most to you? An accomplishment that just really rings out. Um. I don't know if it was an accomplishment, but it was uh, a meaningful event. So I, I ended up going to Israel um, with with the Hoffa family, mm. with Jim Hoffa, um, his sister, his kids, um, and and there uh, they reenacted the opening of an orphanage that his father had uh had opened up you know with the teamsters really? um and it was just it was a real meaningful thing for me it was yeah. you know you think i talked to the kids and you know i i asked them you know, how does how does it how did it feel to you know to have your grandfather just become this you know icon where you know their billboard saying you know we know where hop is buried and so how, how did you how do you work with that and you know they were saying well at first we fought a lot <laughs> you know yeah, right. and then we learned <laughs> and then we learned to talk with our words or something so i don't know if it was accomplishment but it was an insight into a family yeah. that is you know a wonderful family right. and um and it meant a lot to me. And there was a, other times where, um, you know, because a lot of times I worked with the labor unions, uh, the insurance company worked with the labor movement. So, and because the labor movement's political, you know, there was a lot of politics and everything yeah. else that was involved in it. And I always thought, wow, well, here's this, here's this homeless kid, you know, and now, yeah. you know, with uh, the president or this or that. And, you know, those were always pretty big things for me. Um, I guess it just, it was just kind of looking back at my life of, of where I was and, and then realizing where I had come and, yeah. and all that potential that uh, I never knew that I had that I look back and go, man, those were, that's, that's a neat thing. It's a neat yeah. thing that I was able to experience those things. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Roger. Is there things that you do still on a daily basis, Roger, that keeps you strong in your recovery that you could share with us? Uh, as I said, I, I never forget where I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I have that picture 
uh, of me on all fours looking yeah. for that crack cocaine stays stays right up front in my head all the time. And that was key, you know, when I did that transition from yeah. uh, in retirement because I was really lost, you know, for a couple of years. And it was important that I kept that picture because that would have been, you know, you would think after 35 years, who would slide? But, you know, right. those those are the things that that, yeah. that do it. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I try to just I try to keep fit physically. I think that, you know, I think that it's yeah. important. I think the spiritual is important. I think keeping yeah. a balance in your life. I, I never really had balance as a CEO. So as I said, so now it's real important for me to try to keep that balance in my life. And as long as I keep the balance in my life, uh, then then it, everything's positive and it's productive and, and I move forward. Yeah. And if I don't that. do that, then I start slipping back. And that's not a good thing. So yeah, no, very well said. I know, remembering the bad times, sometimes is a good thing because it motivates us to stay stay on track stay the course i think it was once said that uh if women could remember the pain of childbirth they would never get pregnant again <laughs> um right and That's true. <laughs> so it's 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 really takes a lot of work and effort to make sure we remember how bad things got and like you said that picture of you you know digging through the carpet on all fours i mean talk about desperation and yeah. Talk about the low of lows that you were so desperate. You didn't even care. You're like, and you said you dug through there for hours. And that's just, that kind of, you know, blows my mind a little bit seeing you, you know, you know, look, looking at you today. I can't picture. I know. That, you know? <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard for me to picture that. Yeah. You know, it's um, I've had a lot of great experiences in my life and you know what? even all the bad things that happened in addiction, I think you're right. It led me for all the successes that, you know, that I was going to have. So, um, yeah, it's, um, there's so much potential. There's so much that each individual could get out of life if they just stop all the negative talk and just start moving in the positive. Yeah. I like to tell my clients that addiction is the wake up call to your greatness. Yes. And, and that's what I've seen in your, just listening to your story. And as you walked us through this as bad as it got, I mean, it really was the wake up call to your greatness because look at you now and you're one of the lucky ones. And so am I, that we made it through the addiction. Yes. We didn't overdose and die, or we didn't get thrown yes. in prison for life. And so we're the fortunate ones and we're lucky because and we're lucky for you, Roger, because of the book you've written that kind of goes over, you know, everything you've been through. There's a beautiful YouTube uh, promotion promo video of you reading <laughs> portions yeah. of your book with some amazing music. But I'll tell you, I've, I've watched that like several times. I'm like, I get pumped. It's it's really a great video. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, and so... You it's just great to see you doing all these amazing things, not just in business, but just helping everyday people like myself. You know, I've gotten to know you really well because I've done a lot of research on you, but uh, I can't wait for our listeners to also, you know, get to get to know you better and, and learn more about how, how you're doing things. But a um, couple more questions. I want to ask you, and this one's always throws people for a loop, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, what do you love most about you? 
Um, that's good. That's good. Okay, <laughs> thought. <laughs> now, now I know. Now I know why I ask people to say, "Hey, would you send me your questions beforehand?" Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so here's what I love about me. I think that I'm a very caring person. I think I care a lot. I think yeah. I care a lot about what happens to the people around me. Yeah. I think I care a lot about what happens in community. I think I care a lot about what happens in this world. I think I have a lot of empathy. Yeah. And and if I don't have the empathy for something, then I want to find out more about it so that I can have the empathy for it. Yeah. Okay. So love that. I, I, I think that that I, I like those qualities about myself. And yeah. and I, I you know even throughout my my years of addiction and you know I always still kind of thought of myself as a good person, though I was doing some pretty crappy things. Right. But I, I still always thought of myself as a good person. And, and, um, and I continued as a, as a leader, you know, I, I always thought that I would call a fear leader. You know, you would look at both sides and all the angles yeah. and then come out yeah. with a solution. So, yeah, I would think that caring and empathy and being fear would be, those would be my strong suits. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, that's what Gina and Laura said about you. We were talking about them before we went live, but uh, Gina and Laura have an amazing podcast called uh, Health uh, Interrupted. Interrupted. And, you know, they're I consider them really good friends of mine. And I know they spoke the world about you. And, 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 you. I, and I do get that feeling from you, Roger. You are a very loving and caring person and that you really want to make a difference in this world. And your book is proof of that. And the way you live your life is also proof. Um, if there's someone listening to your voice right now, Roger, who's in a dark place, they're not sure what to do. They're really struggling. What You've already shared some great advice, but what's one thing you could tell them right now that would help them? Okay. Um, first of all, if you're in a very dark place, um, seek help. That would be my 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 first thing to yeah. you uh, yeah. seek help try to surround yourself you know what happens when we're in that dark place is we just we tend to isolate and and yeah. right then that is the opposite of what you should be doing so you know find find people to surround yourself with that 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 love you that that want to help you mm -hmm. um, and 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 open up to them and and then and then seek help from that point. Yeah. Like that. it's a lot easier to look at your future in a clear mind than in a fogged mind. Yeah. So so the first thing you gotta do is try and lift the fog, whatever it may be, you know, yeah. and 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 then from that point, move forward and and start looking at your life and look at it optimistically and you'll look at it with faith and with hope and all those things that will take you through all the dark times, future dark times, because there'll be more. It's yeah. not like you got rid of it forever. <laughs>
Right. No, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. You know, um, I, again, I just love everything you stand for, Roger. If if people want to reach out to you and they want to get a copy of your book and they want to learn more about you, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, the best place would be on my website. That's rogersmith.me. That's rogersmith.me. And that's my website. It has all my social links on there, okay. bio. And you can order the book directly from there, or you can go on to Amazon and just look up uh, Roger Smith, the most unlikely leader, and uh, and order it from there. Beautiful. And I'll put all that in the show notes so everyone can just have a direct link once they listen to Great. the podcast and and everything. But and know, and um, please and please give a good review if you liked it. If you yeah. didn't like it, do what your mama said. Don't say anything. <laughs> Right. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. Um, you know, I know you're a father of five. You, you know, you're married to your wife, Demi. You've got two dogs. Um, you're living in, you live in Florida. Is that correct? That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just grateful to know you more, more now, Roger. And I just want to thank you for taking some time today to spend with me and our listeners and sharing your life with us. It truly is remarkable. And you really are a miracle that you're here. Uh, but 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 I do see your greatness, like I talked about earlier, and and the book's part of it, but just more importantly, the way you carry yourself. So thanks for being okay. here today. Thank you so much, Todd. Appreciate yeah. it. You Appreciate bet. you having me on your show. Absolutely. It's been our blessing. So there you go, folks. I told you this was going to be another amazing guest, Roger Smith. It's rogersmith.me. Uh, please reach out to him and uh, get a, get a copy of his book. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to put some links uh, in the show notes. You'll be able to get right to it. But also, if you have someone you know that's struggling with addiction or anything for that matter, send them a copy of this episode. Send them a link to it and tell them to listen. And then you follow back up with them and ask them if that helped them. And then maybe it opens up a conversation that can go get them some help. So... I love you guys. Thanks for all your support. Thank you to my sponsors. You guys are amazing. And Roger, one last thank you to you. You're the best. Thanks for being here. Good. Thank you, Todd.